0: Week one is nearly in the books. We've got two more games, and of course, a whole lot to learn from what we've seen. Overreactions, underreactions—all I know is there's a whole lot of DFS to go. We've got 16 more weeks, so let's get after it. The DFS pre-snap online star starts right now. eighty-five, fifty. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by Line the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at linestarapp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap show right here on the Line Star app. It's me and it's Chris Meaney, and it was a pretty, pretty good start to the season. This is our Monday recap show where we are going to uh, go through everything that happened on Sunday. The good, the bad, the ugly, but mostly the good. Let me tell you, it was a pretty good shot out of the gate. Plus, we've got not one, but two Monday night games, the Monday-Thursday slate to get to. Chris Meaney, we did our, uh, our first touchdown call segment, and uh, we each picked a running back, We each picked a wide receiver, and we got not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six. Six touchdowns between four players. I'd say that's starting off pretty hot, Meany.
1: can't get any better than that, Joe. You really can't. Um, So we'll take that. (laughs) Again, it's maybe the the carryover from baseball season, perhaps. But uh, nonetheless, we were able to do that. Yeah, Mark Ingram had two touchdowns for you. Chris Carson had two touchdowns for me. You had Adam Thielen who found the end zone. And I had Chris Godwin who found the end zone as well. It wasn't pretty from the quarterbacks with those two teams like Jameis Winston. And, and, you know, Kirk Cousins didn't really have a great day either through for fewer than a hundred yards, but it didn't matter. Our guys scored touchdowns and that's what we're trying to do for people.
0: It did. And look, we're going to take ourselves to task as we always do. If you're a fan of us and you've been listening at line star, all baseball season, you know, we are always going to toot our own horns when necessary and, and smash the horns over our heads when we were wrong, but uh, pretty good out of the gate, as Chris was saying. I thought the home run calls were good, and then the touchdowns happened, and I went, my goodness, what a crazy day. So let's start with the Millionaire winner lineup over on the FanDuel side, just because I think that's always a fun place to start. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who was a guy that we talked about ad nauseum here on the show on Thursday. Uh, We both had, in fact, uh, my favorite pairing was Ingram and Lamar Jackson from a return investment. That worked out pretty good, but the Millionaire lineup had Lamar Jackson. It had the Dalvin Cook Uh, performance too which was absolutely stunning Um, but let's start with Lamar Jackson here five touchdowns from him 324 passing yards so I guess in the words of Lamar pretty good for a running back (laughs) (laughs)
1: real good for a running back and he and he didn't even run the ball i mean he only had three three attempts so yeah really impressive to throw to have five touchdowns and only throw the ball 20 times now it was against miami but it doesn't matter we did like him because of the rushing floor and what he could do on the ground and he didn't even bring that to the table so yeah lamar jackson was one of the better values uh, for week one going forward i'm sure his price will will adjust appropriately But, uh, you know, there's going to be a theme here, and it's going to be to pick on the Dolphins, I think, every single week. I mean, that team has checked out already. There's reports that there's a few players inside the organization that they just want the hell out. Like, get me out of here because, uh, you know, this team is just not showing up, whether it's because of some of the play calling. There's already a feel inside the the locker room that the first pick is theirs and that they're playing to that first pick. But Lamar Jackson, I don't want to take anything away from him. He was good. I'm, I'm excited about this offense, right? You bring in some burners like Boykin and Brown. And you, you don't tip your hand. We talked about this, Joe, like last year, they kind of tipped their hand with Gus Edwards. When he was on the field, he knew that he wasn't going to catch any balls out of the backfield. And they got a what I think is one of the most underrated backs in football in Lamar and Mark Ingram. Yeah. So he's he's catching balls out of the backfield. He's going to (laughs) be a guy that gets all the goal line work. Yeah. There's a lot. We We said
0: it in the preview shows. We said, look, don't forget, Mark Ingram can catch the football. Just when Alvin Kamara showed up, they stopped right. throwing it to him. Right. I mean, it's 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 not that the skill set disappeared. It's the way that they wanted to run it. Lamar Jackson was just 10% owned in the million-dollar tournament, which is kind of crazy. Exactly. Also, 3.4% owned was Mark Andrews, who was also in this lineup. So Hollywood Brown certainly made the most of his opportunities. We'll see if that's a one-off or something we can count on. But Mark Andrews, the tight end, another one too. eight catches for 108 and a touchdown, a fantastic day for him. At twenty point eight points on Fanduel, really good start.
1: Yeah, amazing. He caught all eight of his his you know his targets. I, I loved Baltimore too, just running up the score. I mean, they're going for it. There's, I think there was a fake pun involved, and they were up like fifty two to ten, fourth and goal. And you know, they throw to Mark Andrews. They didn't care at all. They're just they're just scoring points. So I think Andrews is the guy that's gonna be probably most consistent like Marquise Brown is going to have some games where you're like uh, like I don't know if you're ever going to be able to trust him in cash like I mean he only had four catches 147 yards obviously found the end zone twice but he's going to be that tournament guy that I think you can pair up I mean he's very speedy Miles Boykin only had the one target It came in the red zone found the end zone as well so I think Mark Andrews is certainly the guy but you know, Lamar Jackson, maybe you just roll him out consistently as somebody who's just going to, you know, run the football himself. Baltimore ran the ball 46 times, Joe. That's what they want to do. That game was out of hand, but that's what they want to do. But uh, again, I think there's going to be some inconsistency with some of his pass catchers, but I I certainly like Mark Andrews as a guy that you just want to see involved in the red zone and that's all you hope for from a tight end is that he's going to, you know, be involved inside the red zone and he's going to get that kind of workload, eight targets. I mean, definitely probably upside to be a top five tight end each week.
0: And I'll tell you what, man, I, I want to see. I think that's the guy I think Andrews, especially because we're always looking for value at tight end. Yes, it's a great opportunity there. And I trust the tight end with the young quarterback more than I do the wide receiver. If you're going to ask me like going into the next couple of weeks, who am I trusting in that Ravens offense? It's going to be Andrews more than it's going to be Hollywood. That's just my take. Dalvin Cook was 28 percent owned and certainly a, a pretty good one for him. There two catches for nine. Uh, receiving yards, but it was the 111 on the ground, the two touchdowns that really made his day. Lev Bell was in this lineup too, pretty solid effort, but it was really about two wide receivers. And if you had them, it was a good day. It was Deshaun Jackson, just 7.8% owned, and then Sammy Watkins, just 4% owned. Watkins had himself a whole month, basically in a day, Uh, nine catches for three touchdowns, 198. Deshaun Jackson, eight receptions, two touchdowns at 154. So let me ask you this first with Sammy Watkins. The Tyreek Hill injury certainly helped this, but look, there was nobody anywhere near him. The Jaguars defense, I've been saying it for a while. They're very overrated. I think this team peaked two years ago in the AFC Championship game, and I'm gonna keep driving this home. And I think they've been a kind of a joke ever since. And look, I'm just I'm not buying the Jaguars. I'm not doing it. That being said, Sammy Watkins looked healthy. Sammy Watkins looked good. Are you buying him now that Tyreek Hill is out as somebody that that ownership is going to go from four to maybe, I don't know, 24 this week? Yeah,
1: yeah, it probably will for sure. Um, you know, you expect a few passes for Damian Williams as well, who got all six of his targets. Without Tyree Kill, he's going to have a role in this offense, you know, catching balls out of the backfield. But yeah, Sammy Watkins is 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 the guy there now, and he has a really good opportunity now. You're obviously he's not going to be able to do this, you know, week in and week out. You just said like he basically had a month of work, month of production in one game, but at the same time, this is still a very good offense. I, I had said with you, I you know, last week that I thought Vegas was disrespecting Kansas city and just forgetting how good this team really is. And it was right off the get-go for Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, connecting with all of his weapons. So, I mean, he threw the ball 33 times, 25 for 33, 378 yards, you know, dealt with an ankle injury and still just looked unbelievable. So this offense is great, um, but he's never going to be a guy. I don't think that you can trust in cash. I still feel that way. I still feel like he may have some games where there's maybe a little bit of a disconnect. And, but for the most part, these are poster boys for DFS, especially tournaments like Sunday Million. Like to to win those, you need those guys to
0: right. blow the
1: cover off the top. The Sammy Watkins, the Deshaun Jacksons, both of these guys. And for Djax, he was involved very early. And I don't think it was because of oh, a revenge game. Like it was just nothing to do with that. It was right oh, no. away the very first throw that Carson Wentz had was to Deshaun Jackson, and he has never, we said this numerous times, I know you have, I have on this show, other shows, we've said that Carson Wentz has never, ever, ever had a deep threat before like this, never. They tried with Torrey Smith, he worked out, but he wasn't a deep threat. Mike Wallace got hurt early on in his tenure in in Philly, didn't work out. When that offense yesterday was struggling to move the ball, it was a shot down the field to Deshaun Jackson. Fifty plus yards. Another one later. Fifty plus yards. This is just what he does. So to come away with ten targets, team high. Eight catches, team high. Obviously, one hundred fifty-four yards, team high. This is something that I think we'll see often. Again, not a guy probably you want to roll out in cash, but somebody no. who's probably going to run a roll out in tournaments because he all of a sudden can just when it looks like nothing is happening for Deshaun Jackson, all of a sudden he's winning you a million dollars.
0: Yeah, uh, look, he was fifty-six hundred. I mean, there was just no way that wasn't a fantastic value. And um, the question is like Deshaun, like you said, it's a tournament play because you don't know week to week how that's going to go. But it was good to see right away and that things were linking up there with the two of them. But there was also kind of game script there. They were playing catch up, so they had to be aggressive. Sure. So that's not going to be every week. We'll see what happens. An interesting matchup coming up this week between them and the Falcons. That's certainly one because the Falcons looked like trash and that defense wasn't very good either. So we shall see what, what goes on. Neither of these defenses played well. Washington scoring 27 was shocking to me. Like, shocking doesn't begin. Don't tell me about you knew McLaren was happening. Shut up. Nobody knew McLaren was <laughs> Just stop. You know, was yeah. that one idiot on Facebook. Like, I told you, but no, you didn't. Shut up. I know you're from Ohio. I get it. All right? Enough is enough with you. Uh, yeah, we got to know- give some respect to
1: Case Keenum. I mean, he started the game off very strong. He was spreading around. I think at one point there were seven different guys who had a catch in like the first half. So, I mean, we give them some credit. We also have to continue, I think, to pick on the Eagles secondary. They were bad last season. They give up a lot of catches to wide receivers and a lot of catches to running backs. We saw Chris Thompson yesterday, seven catches. So I think we keep an eye on that moving forward. Like Julio is going to be in a prime matchup next week. Calvin Ridley, like these guys are going to be in good spots to, to have some success. But yeah, I mean, you've got that backdoor cover from Washington late, but it was certainly surprising that they were able to have that much success early on in Philadelphia.
0: No, it was, it was stunning, and it ruined what would have been a beautiful five-game parlay, which would have been uh, just magnificent that I had. I had it in my hands and all. Right there. So did the Trey so Quinn
1: good. touchdown with six seconds left screw you over? Is that what it did?
0: Yeah, you know, that that didn't help. No, that, yeah. that, <laughs> that that didn't help. But we did talk about Trey Quinn as one of our favorite lineup builders, so that's good. I'm all about helping everybody else. If we that's succeed, right. we succeed when everyone succeeds, Okay. Um, Godwin was a bit of a letdown. We'll get to the letdowns in a second, but McCaffrey, the other big piece of this lineup, 37.9 points. I mean, holy crud, Played 25%. I mean, unbelievable. 25% on 10 catches for 81, 128 on the ground and two touchdowns. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out of words. I'm out of, uh, <laughs> I'm out of compliments for this guy. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, no, it really is, and the fact that I mean, you're just spitting out his ownership, and that's it's surprising to me. And I know on DraftKings it was a little bit different; you get that full point for the catch. But I'm I'm shocked to hear that it was you know it's that low. I mean, I don't know what you're doing at this point. You just roll out Christian McCaffrey like he is just such a player in this offense, and he's just yeah, he's he's so explosive. the The entire offense runs through him. He's probably going to lead his team in catches and targets every single week. He's, he's the guy, you know, to get the carries. There was some talk maybe that he wouldn't get the goal line work. They're going to, you know, scale him back a little bit. That definitely wasn't the case. He had a, an unbelievable second effort on one of his touchdowns. He's he's just the man. You know he's going to play 100% of the snaps. You know he's going to evolve through the air. He's going to flirt with 28 touches every single game. This price is going to get to a point where it's like, oh, do I fade this guy or do I just find a way to get him in my lineup? And I think you just find a way to get him. I think you do.
0: I mean, he was 8,900. And uh, look, this week's a little easier because he plays Thursday night. So you don't have to worry about this. But you're right. Going forward on that main slate, you got to just him and Saquon. I know Saquon didn't deliver the touchdowns, but you know. Well, (laughs) that's the one thing. His feeling is.
1: His ceiling is going to be higher than Saquon's because it's a better right. offense. They're going to be you're involved right. in more games. What did we see yesterday from Barkley? Like, yeah, he was fine, but Goldman's in there getting touches in the in the fourth quarter because the game is out of hand. So, Angry? I mean, that's that's one thing we we've said before. Like, you're not going to get that same upside with Barkley as you're going to get with McCaffrey or the Zeke's of the world.
0: All right, let's talk about some of the letdowns. Uh, the Tampa game was a bit of a letdown. Winston stunk. Uh, I know, Lion Star was high on him. We were tenuous about him. We kind of faded him, but we both love Godwin. That really didn't work out. I mean, give us 12.8. It's fine. Like the touchdown kind of saved it, but a little underwhelming. Mike Evans obviously wasn't healthy going into this game. He was dealing with an illness, but he still played. But um, Tyler Lockett did not deliver what we hoped. Chris Carson was okay. He was good. Um, But Lockett, hilarious. And, you know, my whole thing with Lockett was always that concern. It's like is he going to catch more than a ball? I know it's going to be a touchdown when he catches it, but geez, man, like he's really, he's driving me crazy. I don't think you're going to see me have a whole lot of locket the rest of the year. This was my probably one Tyler locket for a while. And yeah, he got the touchdown, but one catch 44 and a touchdown, Chris, I mean, this, this Seahawks offense, let me tell you Uh spoiler. Here's a teaser for Thursday's show. I'm going to be all in on the Steelers and everybody knows I'm Mr. Patriot. So God knows, this weekend has been glorious for me. I mean, not only did I get Antonio Brown, another
1: beat down, yeah, and you got, but Brown. I got to
0: I got to beat down the Steelers in New England, thirty-three to three. But yeah. I'm all in on the Steelers next week. I am going to be all in on them against Seattle because Seattle. I mean, if 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 Andy Dalton's throwing for four hundred against you at home, what the hell is going to happen in Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, it's it's a good call. I don't feel great about the Steelers now. I just want to, you know, it was in New England, and this is this is what the Patriots do. I mean. Yeah, they, their defense was phenomenal. They were just, all all assets of their game were just top-notch. But um, Moncrief, not on the same page, certainly not with, with Big Ben. But I'm with you on Tyler Lockett. I have no shares in a season-long league. He's somebody that I just can't trust in cash. We just assume that he's just going to get a heavier workload because Doug Baldwin is gone from that team. They still want to run the football. This is what they want to do. Yeah, Carson wasn't as efficient as we would you know, like to see, but at the same time he still found the end zone twice. And the big takeaway from this game is that it was Carson who everybody says can't catch, doesn't have a role in the offense in terms of passing. It's it's Penny. It's Chris Carson who led that team in targets and catches yesterday. Seven targets, six catches, had a receiving touchdown. Yeah. So it's Lockett was absolutely invisible. I was about to tweet Where's Tyler Lockett? And then all of a sudden it's like a 44-yard bomb, and he's found the end zone, and it's like it saves your day a little bit. But he only had two targets. And DK Metcalf, I think we need to keep an eye on him as well. Six targets, four catches, 89 yards. Not a bad first game for the Rook.
0: No, it wasn't. A uh, lot more thing to get to here. I want to talk about Todd Gurley, who people were, oh, my God, the first half, all those people who wanted to crap all over Todd Gurley. And then by the second half in the fourth quarter, when you're watching Todd Gurley run, you're like, all right. That looks a lot like Todd Gurley to me. So yeah. if you take one of the touchdowns from Malcolm Brown away and you throw it on Gurley, the you know the the day of ninety seven rushing yards and a touchdown looks very different than the ninety seven without. Yeah. But my goodness, I'm I'm not ready to get off this train yet. And if the ownership's going to be, he was fourteen percent owned, I think it's going to be even lower next week. And yeah, I, I think it's a mistake because I think when you go back and you look at it and you see who's the closer it's Todd Gurley. Yeah, maybe in the first quarter they might have some Malcolm Brown and I get it, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of two a lot of weeks with two scores from Malcolm Brown. I think you're going to see Gurley around the end zone a whole lot more going forward.
1: Yeah, and I give some credit to Carolina's run defense too. I you know, I I think they're a pretty solid defense and for Gurley, he at least played 70% of the snaps and for Brown 26% of the snaps. And you know what? Gurley may have had one of those rushing touchdowns because he he fumbled and then he was out, right? And then it went to Brown. And then another drive where Brown had that second one was just a lot of Brown on that particular drive. And, you know, he ran, I think they were just outside the red zone right around the 22 and he had a really strong run and they just kept him in there, which makes sense. So I I, I don't know. I I think Brown may continue to be mixed in inside, you know, the red zone, but I agree a hundred percent with you that people are going to be out on Gurley and his price may just stay similar to what we talked about. Mm-hmm. And there's upside there. And the fact that we could get Gurley like lower own than what we got gurley over the past couple of years is, is pretty enticing. He's, he's yeah. another guy that I think we continue to roll out in tournaments. Cause we know yeah. the ceiling is there.
0: Yep. A hundred percent. I'm with you. All right. Let's recap a little of the wagering show. Mike Randall and I, Gave you the upset specials. Uh, mine was the Colts covering, and not only did the Colts cover, but really Adam Vinatieri left ten points on the board. I mean, ten <sighs> they points should have
1: won the game. They should. Have I won.
0: mean, they should have won this football game, which would have made me look like a real evil genius. But my goodness, let me tell you, that was that was incredible to watch. I keep telling everybody, this is a team that's got a better offensive line than they had in years, a better defense than they've had in years, a whole lot more weapons. And it looks like going to be without Funches for a while, obviously, but. Still, Jacoby Brissett can be good enough. Marlon Mack was a revelation yesterday, and I keep telling everybody the Chargers are not that good. No Melvin Gordon, no Derwin James. They're missing some key pieces here, and I'm telling you, they are very beatable. And we'll see if this was the wake-up call they needed, but I got to tell you, there's going to be a lot of close Charger games. And the other one was the upset that Mike and I were both on, and Mike picked his special one, which was, the Bills to go in and not only cover, but to also win outright. And they did. Oh my goodness. You could feel it. You could watch them watching the fourth quarter and you could sense the Meadowlands slowly creeping in on itself as all the Jet fans started to pull their hats over their eyes and pull their blankets over their eyes and go, oh my God, oh my God. No, same old Jets. And there it was. Devin Singletary didn't carry the ball a lot, but when he did, it was impactful. So keep an eye out for him the next coming week. So We got not one but two upset specials. I'm sorry the Colts didn't win, but really, don't blame me. Blame Adam Vinatieri because I I nailed that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you did, and he did not nail that. Yeah, I mean, I give a lot of respect to this Colts team. Marlon Mack, these guys that fell down draft boards because Andrew Luck was gone. Ty Hilton found the end zone a couple times. Like Marlon Mack was great, second in in touches for the week, just behind Chris McCaffrey. So, I mean, if you have these guys in season long formats, just you know, be happy with that. We said before that. You know, we have respect for Frank Reich. This is a much different team than when Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback in 2017. The offensive line is good. And, yeah, they they should have won that game yesterday. And I I give a ton of respect to the entire team. Just fighting back on that final drive was really good to get the unbelievable pick in in the other way that Phillip Rivers threw, that maybe the game was going to be out of hand, that the one-handed grab there. And then they went marched down the field and tied it up. So, yeah, good stuff all around from, from the Colts and from the Bills. You're right about Singletary. His first carry was 6.30 left in the third quarter, and you wonder what took Buffalo so long yeah. <laughs> to give him the uh-huh.
0: ball. But eye-opening, though. I think McDowell goes, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. This, this is, is why we look got look rid of Shady. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, Frank Gore 11 for 20. Okay, get out of there. Singletary 4 for 70. Uh, he can catch out of the backfield. Had five receptions on six targets. So, uh, another comeback. Josh Allen actually led the NFL in comebacks in the fourth quarter last year, and there's another one that he can put on his resume so good stuff from buffalo despite the fact that they had four turnovers and they still went in and won this game so i'm um, buffalo yeah. i have a ton of respect for their defense we talked about this before a ton of respect for their defense and i i like them as like a dark horse team i think you just fade i know it was just like sam darnold whatever but i think you just fade quarterbacks against the bills especially when the games are played in buffalo
0: keep telling you this is one of the best defenses out there they are they so tough so tough in the, they might, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's going to be, they're going to be in contention. They're going to be relevant and they're, they are just so tough in that secondary. They're so physical. Uh, all right. I'm going to take myself to task. I could not have been more wrong about uh, the under in the Philly game. Let me tell you, dude, I, I did not see Washington showing up in this one at all. And they did. I give them credit. Case Keenum, uh, screw you. <laughs> but like, you know, um, that, that's all I got to say about that. I, I know Chris, you, Certainly uh, had some feelings about the Cleveland Browns too, which I got to say that one, that's a game Mike and I on Friday ran away from. However, the reason we ran away from it was because Tennessee plays good defense. And I keep wanting to see this whole Browns show on, on the field working. And my goodness, am I going to get my wish where, this team is going to eat itself alive after week one already.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Uh, And I, I thought the under in this game was a lock where you were talking about Philadelphia and Washington being an under. I thought this would just be like a a grind and, you know, a defensive just game really, because, you know, i like the Browns defense and I think the Titans defense is, it's slightly underrated. So I don't want to fully give Baker Mayfield in this offense, a pass Baker looked pretty bad. I mean, three picks, they're 0-5 when he has at least two interceptions. But also, the offensive line in Cleveland was just not good. It was not great. They had a guy ejected early in the game for kicking somebody in the head. Um, you know, they made the trade for Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, there there are some concerns uh, with the offensive line moving forward. And, yeah, I love Delaney Walker's comments, you know, after the game. They are who we thought they were. You want to crown him? You just go ahead and crown them. There's a lot that they have to prove. We're just We're just saying, like myself included. I want Cleveland to be good. I think they're going to be able to take a step forward. I like their team on paper. I still think that they're going to be able to battle for the division, but this was not a good start for this team. Getting blown out by the Titans, having Marcus Mario to have the line that he had looked pretty decent yesterday, really. like I know he's 14 for 24, but he doesn't throw for 250 yards too often or have three touchdowns very often. So they were able to just have their way with Cleveland and yeah maybe we need to temper expectations a little bit the browns yeah. are good at browns and the, the browns and the jets i mean we're looking yeah. forward to take a step forward and they just look like their old selves
0: yeah pretty much pretty much uh, you know the browns really know they need to get it together quick because they well it's funny because yeah now everyone's gonna face off browns and jets monday night football well somebody's <laughs> gonna be Owen and two after yeah. that one, I think yeah. it's going to be the Jets, but we and, shall and see. And if it
1: is Cleveland, you know, it's kind of panic oh. mode. And you wonder, right? This is the first year with expectations. We've talked about this. Rookie coach, Baker in year two. Odo Beckham Jr. comes to the team. Like, again, all these primetime games. And the schedule is not easy. Like, there's some tough games. This is one that they figured they probably should have won. And if they lose on Monday Night Football to the Jets and they're 0-2, it's all of a sudden panic mode, and you wonder how they can recoup from that. So it'll be interesting to watch going forward.
0: It will a couple of quick fly around things too. And then we'll get uh, to tonight's games and the Monday, Thursday slate. We've also got, you know, TJ Hawkinson had himself a hell of a game, a guy that I've talked about all off season, one of the poster children in team Blackbook. Now that's a hell of a first week from a rookie tight end. So ever, as I've been saying, <laughs> yeah, as I've been saying, it, it, it's always no rookie tight end has ever done that until someone does. Now I don't expect this kind of game out of him all the time. However, I still expect DJ Hawkinson to be useful more often than not. So just keep that in mind as we roll through a lot of this. The Kansas City Chiefs defense still stinks. Foles comes out of that game, and they still give up 26 to Jacksonville. So don't, don't tell me how it's a better defense. Don't tell me. I know that Casey's going to score 40, but they're going to give up 35. <laughs> that's just, that's I mean, just who they are.
1: Gardner Minshew came in and was 22 for 25 with 275 yeah. yards. In Hello? Who? Hello. Yeah, and, and a lot of that was prevent defense sure, fine, whatever, yeah. but these he still had success.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott was fantastic, but I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you're going to get a Dak game like that again because once they ramp up Zeke to the full workload, you're probably going to scale that back, but certainly uh Giants and other team where people had expectations. We'll see how long it takes for Daniel Jones to take over there a QB. Um looking around too, the last thing too is is that the Patriots game, which Uh, You know, we got to come back to it. And um, I got a lot of ire in social media. There's a lot of people who are just mad because Antonio Brown was there and they wanted to take out their frustrations with me because they know that I'm lovable and I'll do it with them. And uh, there was like this this ire with this little twinge of, I can't wait to listen to Joe be happy about this so I can be mad about it kind of thing. And look, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers went in there and they tried to play man now because the 10 years they've been playing soft zone against Brady were 20 now. Just hasn 't worked clearly, so they tried to play man to man and that didn't work either. i don 't know if you watched this whole game or not, Chris, or if you turned it off because it was a blowout but the the play towards the end, where the center didn't hike the ball, but everybody moved Amazing. all i could all I could think of was isn't that the annexation of Puerto Rico from Little Giants? <laughs> yes,
1: I saw that play, and I was losing it. And some of the screenshots after too are just jokes. Like he's just there with the ball, not hunting it. And everyone is just like, have you after seen
0: a meme that, about the annexation of Puerto Rico? Cause I was I, waiting I, for that. I haven't seen it
1: yet. I haven't seen it yet. Seen it yet. Maybe, uh, maybe you need to get But that's exactly on.
0: the play. You know what I'm exactly, talking about. Yes,
1: absolutely. It was exactly the play for sure. And
0: <laughs> yeah, it just,
1: it's just, this is what New England does, and they always just seem to have their way with Pittsburgh. It just outclass them. It's just so easy.
0: Josh Gordon looked good too. Josh he Gordon did look good. Yeah.
1: They, again, like,
0: what, what are you going to do say? when you're running Edelman and Antonio That's... Brown, quick slants, and then you got Gordon on the end? Yeah. And then you and if and, and then if you got you, and if
1: Why do you still produce?
0: Well, what happens when the linebackers bite on the quick slants and to try to, to cover? You're telling me that nobody's going to get picked. Nobody's going to get open, number one. Number two, you're telling me when James White wheels out there around the corner, <laughs> you're telling me that he's not going to be wide open. I just don't know in theory or in practice how you're going to stop this going forward. I don't know, man. It's a little scary. NFL should Everybody in the NFL, all the other 31 teams should be a little afraid, I think, right now.
1: And, and most of us said it the second that Antonio Brown was gone, like he's going to be a member of the New England Patriots. Yep. I mean, Seattle like, or
0: New England? There were only Seattle two places.
1: Yeah, and I'm Three sure. polar
0: opposite coaches, but yeah, both absolutely. I think could have handled his nonsense.
1: And Brown knew what he was doing. He wanted to get to Oakland. He wanted yeah. to go to New England, obviously. But, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't going to trade him to New England. But at the end of the day, he's a member of the Patriots. And it's crazy to think about because this offense doesn't – they don't even need him, right? They just – they have rolled yesterday pretty efficiently. And now you're going to add Antonio Brown there. You just hope that Brown's able to keep his head on straight because he's not going to be able to pull the same crap that he pulled in Oakland with New England. There's just none of that. Like, if he starts missing meetings and stuff, like, they will move on from him because they don't need him to win Super Bowls because it's clear. They've they've won it without him. So it, yeah. even still, I, I kind of downgrade everybody in the offense besides Brady. I still think White's going to have a role. I think Brown still is a, a obviously upside to be a top 10. Gordon's going to be that guy that you play in tournaments like he's going to have what he did yesterday is just like long catches. And you know, extend plays is just such a beast. Uh, but yeah, it's it's New England's world, and we're just all living in it. It, it really and is. that like, defense is really good. And the so defense is legit.
0: Absolutely. Another one that I kept saying last year—you know, when you hold Patrick Mahomes scoreless for a half, right? And, and then, then the Rams, and, and then the Rams right ball. after. And then like game. I, I just, I just feel like nobody was talking about this—that <laughs> how good that defense was, how well they executed. And man, like that was, you know, it's one thing to lose like 27, 24, whatever, 33 to three. It was like from the kickoff, they just decided to fold up the tents. And I, all I could hear, all I heard, all the pregame was the same BS, which was Roethlisberger burgers on the field watching the ceremony for motivation. Okay. Well, I guess that didn't work out. Like you can motivate all you want, <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what spoiler. I'm telling you Thursday show. It's going to be nothing but Steeler love. Everyone's yeah. going to be on for them. Seattle's coming into town. Seattle's not a good road team, typically. Give me all the Steelers. Give me Roethlisberger. Give me Connor. Give me Washington, Juju. All of them. All right, let's get to Monday night here, and let's start with this game. This is going to be a fun game just if you're a football fan. The Orleans Saints host of the Texans. Uh, Breeze over on uh, – let's start with the DK pricing. Breeze is 64 8500 for Latavius Murray. Then you've got uh, Michael Thomas at 8 k and then the secondary guys, um, Smith and Ted Ginn. Uh, 3,900 for Smith, and again at 42. So when you're looking at this offense, obviously them at home is brilliant. We always know this. So it's kind of tough to see tonight's games, even with Deshaun Watson on the slate, and not want to start Breeze at home, no matter what the contest. Am I right on no? that? No, we're at.
1: Yeah, you're right. We know about this. the splits with Breeze. He dominates at home.
0: Okay, so he dominates at home, so we got to start with Breeze there and Line star app too. This is how you start doing the lineups and start constructing stuff. So Michael Thomas, the automatic pairing, obviously, unless you want to change that around and go with Kamara instead. It's tough to get everybody because then you basically got to punt all the other stuff. So my question to you, when you switch over and you start looking at the Houston Texans, how do you approach that team in terms of their pricing? Because obviously Hopkins expensive. Uh, we all know that. We all know what kind of talent they have. So If you're looking at game plan, I would imagine you want to try to do that a little bit controlling the football, but I don't trust Carlos Hyde and I don't know what Duke Johnson is yet in that offense. This is kind of tough, man.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely don't trust Carlos Hyde. Um, I, I'm not going to be involved with him. He's fairly fresh to the team. The offensive line, I still don't believe in. I know they got tonsil, but I still don't fully believe in the offensive line. And, you know, they just haven't typically been a team that's run the ball a lot over the past couple of years, especially with Deshaun Watson there. So Hyde is Hyde's an absolute fade for me. Like, if you're playing Hyde, you just you just hope that he falls in the end zone. The ceiling seems to be capped. Latavius Murray is kind of the same thing. If they do get up in this game, they are heavy home point favorites, potentially, They lean on Latavius a little bit in the second half. But again, you're just kind of hoping that he falls in the end zone. I do like Duke Johnson. I think he's going to be involved in the offense. You know, he's, I like he's, him on DK guy to,
0: more than FanDuel in the full PPR. Yes,
1: exactly, because he's going to get those catches. Now, you know, originally I'd said, well, Duke's, you know, he's not a guy really. I mean, he's only had over 13 carries, I think, once in his career. Like, yeah, he did in college, but it was a long time ago against kids when he was a kid. Like, he's built that way, but we just haven't seen it yet. But I think he'll have some – he'll have a few targets in this game. It could, It could be the same Chris Thompson feel where he leaves this game with 10 targets, 7 catches – because they're trying to play catch up and there's, you know, some garbage time points there. Like that's certainly possible. Um, but yeah, I think if you're a cash game player, you definitely want to roll out the saints, whether it's Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, you could, you could definitely do that even though like it's, it's a strange strategy, a quarterback running back duo, but with only two games on the board, you kind of have to get a little bit weird where people may go reason on, um uh, Michael Thomas or they go Breeze and Ginn. If you go Breeze and Kamara, maybe uh you, you differentiate yourself just a little bit with your lineup, but those those are the two that I like Kamara and Duke actually the most. So just like pass catchers in the backfield, I think, uh will play a big role in this game. And then for the late one, I mean everyone's looking where the targets are gonna go, right? Tyro Williams is gonna have to deal with um Chris Harris. Not great. Uh, Jalen Richard caught almost 70 balls last year. I know Jacobs is, is the guy, but maybe we're in a situation just like Chicago where Tariq Cohen was lining up in the slot, the Bears game, and they're using Davis and, and Montgomery. Maybe they use a little bit of you know Jacobs and Richard in games. And if they're going to be down in the, in the game as well, it's you know some easy completions because Derek Carr doesn't throw the ball down the field. He just doesn't. So it's, yep. Richard's in a pretty good spot as well. He's only $3,600 on draft games.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what. Will Fuller to me is that guy on Monday yeah, night.
1: That, the tournament
0: guy, the tournament guy, because look, it, the one thing I know about the saints is they give up big place as, as good as the personnel is. They give up big plays and I want the touchdown. That's what I want. And Will Fuller is a touchdown machine. So everyone's going to be on Hopkins. Give me Will Fuller. Uh, he's got Eli Apple on him. Uh, Lattimore is a far better corner than Apple. So g- give me Will Fuller. I think that's the pick for sure tonight. And look, it, in terms of this the the later game with the Oakland Raiders, I got no love for the Raiders. That defense stinks. So if you want to, you know, get involved, you, I don't think it works. Well, yeah, I was gonna say Sanders is the guy. I think Cortland Sutton could be a piece here. I think Lindsay's gonna get a ton of work. I, I just feel like look, and and the number is minus two and a half, I think, right now. Or is it is it two or two and a half? Well, either way, it doesn't matter. I think the, the Broncos are gonna win this game easily. Like, I don't even think this is a close one. I don't. I just, yeah, I I'm in on Denver
1: too. I'm in on Denver as well. And, you know, this time last week, I was thinking Oakland, but with everything that has happened lately and with no Antonio Brown, I just think Denver's a better team overall. Like, they have the better defense, better pass rush, uh, you know, probably the better quarterback, really, at this point. Like, as much as we kind of crap on Joe Flacco, I mean, he's going to be able to make smarter decisions than Derek Carr. And ultimately, that's probably what it's going to come down to. So, yeah, I like Denver. And I like the Saints. I mean, they should be able to win by a touchdown.
0: All right. Looking ahead to Thursday here in terms of prices, there's every which way we got to work in McCaffrey, obviously. Right. I think that goes without saying. But to me, Chris, I want nothing to do with Cam Newton or the other receivers. I just want McCaffrey. If something else works out in terms of positioning, it's just crucial. I think you find a way to base him. I don't care what the ownership is. I think you got to find a way to work him in in cash. Don't you agree?
1: Yes, I would agree with that. You just make it work, whether that's pairing him up with Jalen Richard, you know, you get the, the, the Monday, Thursday, whatever you want to do there. But I agree. Like it's McCaffrey and you're really just kind of taking shots at everyone else because even cam didn't look great yesterday and also just wasn't calling his own number. And I wonder how much he's going to run around with that shoulder. I, I really do. He's taken a lot of shots over the years. So it's McCaffrey and, and just really Monday night.
0: Yeah. I think you're probably also look, it was not a good first effort for Jameis Winston and that worries me a ton I mean it really does it, it's I know short weeks anything can happen things get wacky but Winston with the picks really doesn't make me feel good Godwin I just we just barely got him what we wanted not quite where the level we wanted I think Evans would bounce back and I know it's going to be kind of up and down all year for the Bucks. but what's your feeling on this one are you just kind of are you fading them all together do you think maybe there's you know you take a shot on Howard or how does this kind of work out in terms of the Monday, Thursday, because we have got that extra Monday night game for you.
1: Yeah. I, I think I would just, I would try to focus in on, on maybe just Houston and New Orleans as being the high scoring game of the three, just trying to get involved that way or, or really just maybe spending down on, on some of the Oakland guys, like maybe Renfro three, six again, you're not gonna be able to trust them in cash, but maybe just like a tournament dart throw. So you're able to, to get McCaffrey or, or a Kamara or a Thomas or a Hopkins just go that way. There's just a lot that needs to be seen with, with Bruce Arians and Tampa and how this offense is going to run because you're right. Winston wasn't good. The offensive line is not great. Um, Ronald Jones seemed, you know, pretty spry. Actually, he looked pretty decent a couple runs, but now he's got to go up against Carolina's run defense, which I said earlier, I, I give them, give them some respect. So I think Godwin is the guy. He's the player. He's the easy completion for Jameis. I, I don't, again, like Mike Evans, like there's seen, just seemed to be a little bit of a disconnect down the field because Winston wasn't having enough time to to throw the football. And I just don't know how that's going to change. So uh, Godwin is the guy for me and, and really elsewhere you're just kind of taking shots and hoping that people are off of them, but it is such a small slate that, you know, really you're going to have to play multiple lineups just to feel good about Tampa at all.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I think I'm going to fade them. You know, sometimes you see the bounce backs and Carolina's certainly a team that could allow that to happen but i don't know man this might be one of those things where we just kind of wait and see i, I don't want the blame gabbert error to start any it <laughs> may sooner. start
1: before you know it yeah uh, at least, it takes, at least it takes care of the football a little bit better than Jameis, right I know.
0: on that note oh god all right so we'll be back again on thursday and mike randall and i'll be back on friday so friday's our wagering show thursday is our dfs show i want to thank everybody who's listened so far really good week one numbers let's keep it up if you're enjoying the show Make sure you like and subscribe to us. Give us a five star rating because we're awesome and we're fun, and uh, we win you money, and that's what it's all about. So uh, you can follow him on the Twitter machine at Chris Meany You can follow me at Joe Pizza PS seventeen, and of course, follow the Line Star app at Line app and Line Star NFL. That'll do it for me and Chris. There's nothing left to do now except set down, win. You've been listening to the Pre Snap Podcast brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany.